1: Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Our guest this week is the founder of SoutheastHoops.com and the host of Marching to Madness podcast. He's Blake Lavelle. Blake, Wednesday afternoon, Alabama AD, Greg Byrne announces Buffalo head coach Nate Oates would be heading to Tuscaloosa. What were your initial thoughts as soon as you read that?
2: Well, guys, I was busy trying to circle around the whole Fad Moda thing, but, uh, (laughs) I think it kind of it caught everybody by surprise, and it was just one of those things where you almost expected it, though. If you kind of go back and see kind of how he, he's done things in the past, you know, it was one of those things where it was one of those names you didn't hear the entire time, and sure enough, he was their guy. I mean, I think it's a really good hire. It's something where I think most people, myself included, thought they would try to at least go you know, that power conference proven type of guy route. But you know what? It's a very small group. And so if you're going to go uh, the mid-major route, you go after the hottest name on the market, and that's exactly what Nate Oates is.
0: So. Hey, Blake, it's Brad Canning. Thanks for coming on, buddy. I now understand why they call Greg Byrne the ninja, uh, because he <laughs> finessed all of us with that information. Uh, so when we look at the hire, you know, in the past, there's always been that hope of – change of the up-tempo offense compared to what it was before and maybe this time it's actually going to happen because when you look at buffalo that's actually their brand they scored 83 84 points a game this year is that what we can expect in tuscaloosa compared to just hopes and dreams it's actually going to be more of an up-tempo style offense
1: yeah
2: no i think so i mean i think it's a situation where you know you look at it they've always played that way and you got to remember you know, he's a he's a Bobby Hurley guy, and, and we know how he wants to play and, and kind of how they continue to play. And th- they're going to get up and down the court. You know, I put out the stats where you look at it, and, I mean, their a- average offensive possession length the past couple seasons uh, has been like uh, less than 15 seconds or so. So they're they're getting up and down the court. And this whole philosophy is, look, I mean, we, we're going to take the open shot. And when you think about it, guys, it's that's a pretty good idea. I mean, you know, you take the open shot. <laughs> If you put five guys on the floor that you feel like can shoot the ball in wherever they need to shoot it from, let them shoot it if they're open. You know, it's not something where sometimes you don't have to make it all that complicated where you're having to run things that are very complicated and maybe don't fit what you're doing. They're going to try to get guys in there that can shoot. Uh, They're going to get point guards in there that can push the pace, uh, which, of course, makes uh, the whole Kyler Lewis thing that much more important, I think, especially for year one, because he would be someone that would completely thrive you kind of that up-and-down style, so, but still, as we know, that, that's kind of a wait-and-see thing at this point.
1: I hate to say this, but I think as more information comes in on Oates and the playing style he coaches, it reads a lot like Bruce Pearl at Auburn. Is that an accurate comparison? That's why I was laughing last night. I was doing uh, one of the
2: Periscope things, and uh, you know, I said I hate to tell you guys this because, of course, there's a ton of Alabama fans in there. I'm like, I hate to tell you this, but it's going to feel a lot like Bruce Pearl. And I know you don't want to admit it, but it's a very fun and entertaining style of basketball, and and that's what players want to play in. I mean, look, if you're you're someone uh, that wants to play at this level, you want to to get up and down the court and you know have a lot of fun, and that's what Nate Oates wants to do. He wants guys uh, that are in a position to, to play fast and, like we said, take the open shot, and that's what they're going to try to do. And that's it's going to make these these Alabama and Auburn games a lot more fun, that's for sure, because we, we've just seen, and you guys know this, We've seen over the past several years, the biggest thing that's always stood out to me with this Alabama team has been they'll go the seven, eight minutes or so, maybe without making a field goal or something like that. It's just you can only win so much when you're like that. You have to be able to score, and they're going to emphasize that. Maybe the defense isn't as good early on, but they're going to put up points, I think, and that will be something that will excite a lot of people.
0: Yeah, you know, over the last 24 hours, uh, like most of the listeners, we've been trying to familiarize ourselves with Nate and Buffalo and what he did there. And I've kind of read some skepticism due to taking uh, over a Buffalo program that Bobby Hurley already had on the rise. You know, is that fair, or do you attribute some of the, uh, some of the success that Oates had due to Bobby Hurley?
2: Well, I think you're always going to have that. And, and I, I think that's sort of an easy way to put it. When you think about it, because, yeah, I mean, any coach steps into a situation uh, after, let's say, you know, like a Bobby Hurley leads for an Arizona State. Of course, he's going to be able to to capitalize on what's already there. And, you know, it's like, should we really blame the guy for doing that? I mean, if he's able to succeed, he's able to succeed. And that's kind of what the way I look at it. But the biggest thing that you're going to notice, and I think this was something else, too, that's been talked about before. Player development is so important, and it's not just about getting the five-star talent on every recruiting class. It's, it's how you develop the players that you get. And even if you get a five-star guy, if he doesn't develop, what does that really mean? And so I think that's where someone like Nate Oates, and you, you heard Greg Burns say it, player development is huge, and it's so important. Um, especially at this level where you've got so many different guys that can be kind of on that same level. They're coming out as four-star, five-star recruits, and so maybe there's not a lot to separate some of these guys. Where well, I think he's going to be able to to really get the most out of what he has, and if that's three-star guys, it's four-star guys, it's five-star guys. doesn't matter because I think he's going to be able to develop them Uh, like we said, into a style that puts them in a a spot to succeed. And that's where I think you're going to see kind of the the biggest maybe thing
1: that stands out at least early on with him. You're talking about five stars that get to campus and and don't develop or or aren't who you thought they are. I'm having visions of Devontae Pollard right now. Uh, But Nate Oates will come to Tuscaloosa, speaking of recruiting, with basically no ties to the Southeast. Do you expect him to be able to overcome that? And what is his overall reputation as a recruiter?
2: Yeah, I think that's something that that's always, too, it's there. And I think that's when you hire a guy that's from a different region that, that maybe hasn't been there before, and there, there's lots of guys there like that now uh, with these type of rising sort of coaches, and you're, you're looking around saying, okay, well, they've only been in one part of the, the territory. Can they go somewhere else if you're to recruit? I think the most important part of that equation is something that other people have brought up too, is the staff. And that's where you have to remember, it's not just one guy coming in, it's, it's several guys coming in. It's kind of how they all fit together and are able to sort of spread themselves around and be able to cover all these bases. And that's where I think, you know, the assistant is going to be very important. And you, obviously, you guys know, uh, there's been lots of names speculated on guys that would make a lot of sense, you know, is anybody on the current staff going to stay? There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, On that, we don't really know at this point, but that is where it's going to be really important for him to find someone uh, that does maybe have that experience as as an assistant at the SEC level or or somewhere around here where people have been able to recruit from, because that's always important. And that usually is one of the biggest concerns when you talk about just kind of making that transition, uh, not only just from the mid-major level, but maybe from somewhere different part of the country.
0: So you mentioned Kyra Lewis a minute ago, and I wanted to shift gears here. Uh, as we know, as of tonight on Thursday, Alabama has four players in the transfer portal. Days Ingram and Giddens were expected, but John Petty and Kyra Lewis entered their names. Have you heard anything on the status of those two guys? And is Nate Oates the type of coach or personality that could influence them to come back to Tuscaloosa this upcoming season?
2: Yeah, I think absolutely he is. And that's always, we talk about challenges, you, you not only do you come in having to recruit your, your next class, but you have to recruit you know your own players now with the way this transfer thing works. It sure is someone that, that can influence those types of guys, especially like we said, when you consider the style of play. W- would John Petty and Kyle Lewis love to play in that type of style? Sure. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? They, they both have the games that would sort of fit in that scenario. But there's also the impact of once you put yourself in the transfer portal, you, you open yourself up to a whole new world in terms of there are just so many people out there that are reaching out to you and we've seen you know for instance the list with Kyra Lewis and all that I mean look at all the names on the list I mean Duke's there you know Memphis is there Nevada's there Tennessee's there Auburn's there everybody's there, and it makes sense because you've got one of the best up-and-coming point guards in the entire country, and it's just one of those things where you don't ever kind of know what's going to be the influence, what's going to be the impact that maybe other coaches have and can convince them, hey, you know, this new guy coming in isn't going to be able to fit the way you want to play, uh, which would be a lie in my opinion. I think they'd both be perfect, but we know how it is when you talk about recruiting, and it's just going to kind of be a scenario where it really is sort of a wait-and-see approach with those guys.
1: If both Petty and Kyra Lewis return, is Alabama a tournament team next year? Well, you know, I think that that,
2: that probably depends on, you know, does is, is everybody come back you think is going to come back, like we said, especially those two would be the biggest pieces of the puzzle. Recruiting-wise, who do you bring in? Do, do you find the grad transfers? Do, do you have all that kind of stuff? I think that's what's probably going to determine whether this team can get there. The returning roster, as we know, kind of as is, was not a bad returning roster. I mean, it was a situation where, like we said, you just felt like it was a roster that didn't get the most out of their potential this past season. And so if you put them in a different scenario, there's always adjustments and style of play, but maybe it's just a situation where if you do get everybody back, you get kind of that new enthusiasm, uh, that new energy. Uh, certainly this team could have a chance because you have to do, you also have to base it on, you know, the other teams around the SEC. Who's leaving, who's doing all this. Uh, we don't know because we know recruiting in the SEC, see there's going to be a lot of great classes coming in but we don't really know how the rest of the league's going to look next
0: year well you set me up perfectly for the last one before we let it uh let you go we wanted to ask you you know there's several other jobs coming open in the sec including arkansas vanderbilt texas a&m and possibly lsu so what direction potentially do you think those schools are going to go with their hires
2: yeah texas a&m their their number one guy is Undoubtedly, Buzz Williams. Whether that happens, you know, we're not going to know until they are able to finish playing. And that's where we'll may see some movement on that job. I mean, really, I haven't heard a single name come out other than Buzz Williams. Now, is that a smokescreen, you know, like we've heard on other coaching searches, or is that the case? I think it's the case. (laughs) Uh, So we'll see whether he's interested in that job. Arkansas, the connection makes sense in terms of getting Kelvin Sampson because of the connection with the AD. I think he'll be their first target, but there's another guy who's still coaching. So that's kind of in wait-and-see mode, too. With Vanderbilt, I'm not sure where Vanderbilt goes, to be honest with you. There's been a lot of names thrown out there. Johnny Dawkins, UCF, Russell Turner, UC Irvine. There's several different names that pop up. uh, But at this point, I don't think anyone really knows where Vanderbilt's going to go because they do have a new AD. I would expect them, though, to go, you know, kind of that mid-major route at this point and just sort of see, you know, is there a rising star out there, like a Nate Oates, that they feel like that they're going to trust? Because Vanderbilt's in more of a situation where that's, that's a rebuild. Like, I don't think Alabama's a true rebuild, but Vanderbilt's a rebuild at this point based on where they were at, you know, this past season, and they've got to get kind of a new foundation probably built in there. So that, that's going to be an interesting one to see where that goes.
1: All right, check him out on southeasthoops.com and on the Marching to Madness podcast. Blake, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks again to Blake Lavelle for joining us. Check him out at southeasthoops.com. Check out the Marching to Madness podcast. We're going to take a quick commercial break. All right, Brad, before we dive into the Nate Oates hire, I want to plug an article on Roll Bama Roll. If you are unfamiliar with Nate Oates, our editor, Eric Evans, posted an article in RBR titled "X's and Oats." I highly recommend it. Eric apparently spent hours on, of research time on this. There's video breakdowns on his coaching philosophies, his offensive sets, what we'll see defensively. It's hard not to be optimistic after going through it. The more I learn about Nate Oates, the more hopeful I become.
0: I never thought there could be this much information out there for a a head coach you could hire, given the past two hires.
1: Tell me if you agree with this, but for the first time since I can really remember, it seems like we now have an athletic director with a vision and a plan for basketball. He identified where improvements needed to be made. You can see that in the Crimson Standard plans for Coleman. It's a a renovation, but one similar to the baseball stadium. Make no mistake, it's basically a new basketball arena. So instead of staying pat and letting Alabama fall to the wayside when it came to facilities, Greg Byrne took action. He's investing in the basketball program.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he knows where our deficiencies are. That was very pinpointed strategically throughout certain phrases or words used throughout the introductory press conference today. <laughs> so I did like that as well. And that wasn't the only slight RAD has had in the last 24 hours either. It is not. Everybody
1: got duped on the Thad Mata thing, just like Blake said. I mean, I got texts from people who who are very, very solid sources who are generally correct when it comes to the basketball program that told me Thad Mata accepted an offer from Greg Byrne and it was done. There, I've also heard that there was a national writer that was about to run with the story until Greg Byrne tweeted out <laughs> that he had hired Nate Oates.
0: Man, it's like I, I, I didn't I forgot who did the analogy, but it's like you know when you uh, you're doing a new pope, um, <laughs> people are outside waiting for the news. They see the one glimmer of smoke, but they don't wait to see if it's black or white. And I guess Greg finessed everybody and said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Let it slip just enough to where somebody ran with it, told it, he found his leak, got rid of that, came around and announced a Division One Power Five coaching job via Twitter (laughs) that nobody expected, that completely obliterated what the sources just said 45 minutes prior. What a world we live in now where athletic directors on major programs are not only running game on leaks and sources, but they're announcing head coaching hires on top of that via social media.
1: Uh, it is definitely not the norm but G- Greg Byrne has his own style and we have to trust him and he's given us no reason not to and that vision that I, I mentioned I think that trickles down now as well instead of hiring that popular <laughs> name or face like we thought he was about to hire he hires a coach with an identity and vision on the court and one that wants to dictate the style of play opposed to being reactionary and I know as a coach I've coached there are times you have to be reactionary you have to adjust your op- opponent on certain nights but you're top guys establish their style, they recruit guys to fit it, and they make you adjust to them. And we've had guys come in and sell us on pace and sell us on playing fast, but this feels different because Nate Oates has a brief past to back his claims.
0: See, here's the one thing that stands out to me with the uh, the press conference. When's the last time Nick Saban was at a coaching hire press conference that wasn't his?
1: <laughs> Never.
0: Yeah, and you already know Greg B. Damn... He's not going to make Saban come to that. That was more voluntarily, I believe. And that alone tells me something. And then you saw the tweet from last June where he was emphasizing Saban's process. Of course, everyone knows if you watched it or read the follow-up from the press conference, there was some similarities in terms of mindset uh, and the way they want to go about things. I don't know about us, but I was damn near ready to run through a wall uh, after that press conference was over. I was hyped up.
1: What hyped me up, I've really been doing some digging on Nate Oates and, and the, the offensive philosophies, like I mentioned. Can can I be a basketball nerd here for a second? Yeah, like, dude, look,
0: yeah, you, we okay. can be anything on this. Who's going to stop us? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like
1: You know, I, I have some experience in the basketball world. I've coached high school basketball. I've coached AAU. Uh, I've played in some pro-am circuits with players I did not belong on the court with. Uh, <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to be teammates in some summer circuits, with a guy who had a lengthy NBA career who was a very good teacher of the game. I was lucky enough to learn from him for a long time. Uh, I was surrounded by D1 guys, guys playing overseas. With that said, there there are offensive philosophies that I prefer over others. Uh, there are sets I like, sets I dislike, but it's not often I see an offensive set that leaves me wide-eyed or, or something that I haven't really seen before. But I, I had that moment when I was digging into Nate Oates and one of his sets last night. I, I'll do the best that I can to explain this, because we will 100% see this at Alabama next season. And we'll see it periodically through the year. So what it's called, it's it's a box overload misdirection ISO set. <laughs> and for those who are not basketball inclined, it's, it's against man-to-man defense. Basically, your point guard is bringing the ball up the court. And you really need the right point guard to pull this off. You have a man on each block. You have a man on each elbow of the free throw line. To form a normal box, just like your standard box elementary school inbound play. So there's four players right there in a square. Uh, In all the clips I watched, the point guard was right-handed. He wanted to go right. So the man on the right side of the block and the right side of the elbow cross in the paint and the two on the left basically set like decoy picks that don't really matter, uh, decoy screens. But this is just to clear those two out, and the men guarding them follow them out to the three-point line and essentially out of the play completely. So now you're left with a three-on-three ball. Okay, so all four players that started in the box are now overloaded to the left side. All four players are on the same side of the court, and the point guard with a completely clear right side takes his man one-on-one to the basket as soon as the two on the right side cross. So this eliminates the guy on the top of the elbow, too. So now you're down to a two-on-two game. So in the clips I watch, it usually ends up with a layup for the point guard. But it puts them, like, if the defender on the block drops to help on the layup, the point guard just dumps the ball off to his man on the other block. It's a beautiful set. I mean, it ends it ends in a layup almost 100% of the time, whether it be the point guard or the man on the block. Uh, I've already sent it to some coaches I know who love it as well. Buffalo did the layup drills out of this set, I'm telling you. And if Kyra Lewis does decides to stay at Alabama, he is the absolute perfect point guard for it because there are not a lot of guys in the conference or really in the country that can guard his straight line speed with the amount of space that he'd have on the right side. I I hope that I did some sort of justice in explaining that. You can just Google box overload misdirection ISO set, Google Nate Oates, you will see videos, it's like 10 clips of them running the same play and it working to perfection every single time. Yeah, it
0: sounds like his uh, offensive style name is similar to uh, what an offensive call for John Gruden in the NFL is with <laughs> yeah. all the names. Um, but no, you, you did a great job, I'll, I'll commend you on that, of explaining it, because I'm not worried about you dumbing it down for anybody else but myself and I grasp most of it so I, I'm excited to see it because you know not only with his mentality, but when I was talking about the press conference, it was also quotes throughout that, but then also the articles of people that were around the program or that had been following him or the clips of his offense this year that was in the top 10 on up-tempo offense and then how they still played great defense too as well. There was just a culmination of excitement that I had come over me throughout the day. Look, I was on the team, Rick Patino, but some of that was facetious, but I was serious too. I can tell you, though, definitively, I would not have been this excited for Rick as I would for Nate, as I am for Nate, because maybe it was expectations. I just didn't know what we were getting. It took 24 hours not even for me to realize, okay, Greg did a hell of a job yet again.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's happening for a lot of people. I think the initial reaction was, who who is Nate Oates for for a lot of people who who don't keep up with basketball like that? And now, as we've learned, you know, over a 24, 48-hour period, that I think the excitement, it's, a, it's delayed excitement, but you are starting to see that excitement form. Brad, as we mentioned, or as you mentioned to Blake, Alabama has four players in the transfer portal. Kyra mm-hmm. Lewis, John Petty, Dazon Ingram, Daniel Giddens. Thursday at his introductory press conference, you mentioned some of the quotes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, I think everyone's favorite quote was, quote, maybe some of the kids in the transfer portal need to be in the transfer portal end quote
0: give me all of that that's <laughs> my coach talk about
1: <laughs> establishing authority love it uh, I'm willing to bet he is not talking about Kyra Lewis or John Petty his first that's, big test in yeah. Tuscaloosa is re-recruiting those two
0: yeah there could be one player in the transfer portal not five you're still gonna guess the same person so it's all good <laughs> yeah. um no loved it man absolutely great and that that coming out the gate, you can tell it's not BS. Oh, it's and not. That's, yeah, that's, what's, absolutely that's not. what's awesome.
1: He's already on the recruiting trail as well on the same day he accepted the job.
0: What get, so what was it, not even an hour after Greg tweeted the hire out, <laughs> uh, they, Alabama extended an offer to Hawkins, who, by the way, had a top five that included Buffalo. So ironically, now Alabama's offering him. Don't know the connection there yet. We'll see how that goes. But man, he's the size we've been missing too.
1: He was projected to commit to Buffalo in like... three days he was a hundred percent crystal balled on 24 7 to buffalo Oates, he has an established relationship there. There are some people who are now expecting him to commit to Alabama in the next few days. But this recruitment is intriguing. The more that I thought about this and the more that I looked into, his name's Raymond Hawkins, he's a center. The more I thought about this, the more it intrigues me. One, because Hawkins attends Finley Prep in Nevada, which is one of the top two or three basketball programs in the nation. And two, because of the ranking discrepancy for Hawkins on different sites. So to me, this could tell us what kind of evaluator Nate Oates is. On 24-7, Hawkins is a four-star top 100 player in the nation. On rivals, Hawkins is a three-star and unranked, well, unranked nationally. On yeah, ESPN, rivals. he's a three-star <laughs> and unranked nationally. So on 24-7's composite ranking, which is the average of all of his rankings on every site, he Mm -hmm. ended up at 175th in the nation. From a top 100 player on one site to an unranked three-star on two others, that's a massive ranking difference. So it'll be interesting to see who's right on this. Is Nate Oates and and Jerry Meyer, who oversees the rankings for 24-7, are they right or is everyone else? Because this could be an early tell on the type of evaluator that Nate Oates is.
0: How long was he the head coach of Buffalo? Do you know? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's pretty safe to say that the success they've had, especially the last two years on their NCAA appearances and runs, is probably from players he recruited and developed. Yes. I would imagine he probably didn't have a bunch of four- and five-star guys, however he is recruiting Hawkins.
1: He actually did beat out a couple of power conference teams. for. A, he, he did end up with a couple of four-stars on his team.
0: Okay, well, it's it even or more not. impressive.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Another test that he faces is the, re- the recruitment of five-star McDonald's All-American Trendon Watford. <laughs> he has less than a month on the job before Watford commits at the Jordan Brand Classic on April 20th. Uh, it may be a lot to ask of him, especially if Duke follows through with an offer. If he can somehow convince guys like Kyra and Petty to stay and an All-American in Watford to join them in a few weeks, <laughs> that could be another tell for what to come. what's to come in the future, and that puts some pretty lofty expectations on him for year one.
0: So yeah, going back to the quotes uh, from the press conference, I found it interesting how Nate Oates says he will not hire an assistant in order to secure a player, but (laughs) that he respects high school coaches and will not rule out hiring a coach he respects.
1: What does that mean? Like I tweeted
0: out, it just so happens that we already have a lot of respect for Bucky McMillan up in Mountain Brook. (laughs) So much respect for Bucky. The utmost respect.
1: Yeah. If Bucky takes a job at Alabama, Trendon is coming with him.
0: You don't hire Bucky if he's not.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That, That deal is put in place before an offer is made to Bucky, there is talk that 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 could potentially happen. And
0: what was crazy is that talk was there before Avery was ever let go of prom. Anyways, we can fast forward. But when you look up, like I did as a novice, and I looked up Bucky, and first off, age-wise... Yeah. He's only like five grades ahead of me when I was in you know <laughs> school. So that was shocking. Made me question what the hell I'm doing with my life. National high school coach of the year last year in 2017 or 2018. The dude just wins. And you don't have this type of success and groom players like he has with Trendon and not be good, especially at a young age. So, I would welcome the hell out of it, especially if we can keep Pet. That would be awesome, too. I don't know how that's going to go. But we'll we find out sometime in the next week, I have a feeling.
1: Yeah, if, if you don't keep up with high school basketball or recruiting or, or whatever, uh, next year if you look up and Alabama's added a McDonald's All-American five-star to the roster and there's a guy over there on the bench that looks like he's 12, Alabama cut a deal with Bucky McMillan.
0: I mean, the dude has not. He's like you. The older he gets, he just don't age. <laughs>
1: I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I took some notes on on Nate Oates' tenure at Buffalo and his sort of his trajectory personally and his teams. So when I look into him, these things stand out to me. From a career standpoint, he went from coaching at Romulus High School in Michigan in 2013 to an assistant at Buffalo until 2015. When Bobby Hurley left Buffalo, the players at Buffalo campaigned for their AD to hire Oates. So he takes over there and that program reached heights that it never has before in his 4 years there. What I want everyone to understand, Brad, is this. This this is not a scenario where Alabama hired someone from a powerhouse mid-major program. This is not an Anthony Grant or Bryce Drew situation. Buffalo is not VCU. They are not Murray State. A place like Murray State has built-in advantages in the OVC. They can sell their history, they can sell their facilities, They are the Kentucky or the Kansas of their conference. They have the ability to attract up-and-coming head coaches. Most of the time, those coaches use a place like Murray as a platform to kind of catapult their career. Buffalo, historically, is not that. And let me just break this down for you, because I think this is kind of mind-blowing. I looked into the history of Buffalo basketball today. Not a sentence I thought I would ever say. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, well, it, I mean, it was just like Twitter last night. I was today years old when I realized <laughs> there's such thing as Buffalo basketball fans.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buffalo has been playing basketball since 1915. Their overall winning percentage is 509. Which is pitiful. They have 613 wins, 592 losses. Nate Oates went 32 and four there this season, 27 and nine last season, and a combined 37 and 30 in his first two years. Without Nate Oates' tenure at Buffalo, their program is historically 32 games under 500.
0: (laughs) That's crazy.
1: (laughs) In their entire 104 year history of playing basketball, Buffalo has won their division five times. Nate Oates was an assistant on two of those teams and the head coach on two of those teams. (laughs) They've, (laughs) They've won their regular season conference championship four times. Nate Oates was an assistant for one and the head coach for two. They have won their conference tournament four times. Nate Oates was the head coach for three and an assistant for one. They have four NCAA tournament appearances. Nate Oates was the head coach for th- <laughs> for three of those, and assi- an assistant for one. He has been a part of all four NCAA tournament appearances, and finally. In 104 years of playing basketball, Buffalo has won two NCAA tournament games and advanced to the round of 32 twice. Nate Oates was the head coach for both of those teams. They blew out four-seed Arizona last season in the first round. Uh, Arizona had a guy named DeAndre Ayton, Brad. I
0: don't know if you
1: remember him. (laughs) Uh, Yep, Uh,
0: they had a bunch of money going to people too last year, Uh, not so (laughs) much this year.
1: That Arizona team was loaded. They had DeAndre Ayton, Alonzo Trier. He was the first team all Pac-12. He had a great rookie season with the Knicks. It was really the the best team that Sean Miller could buy. Literally. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Yeah, but they blew Arizona out. Then they turn around this year, they blow out Arizona State in the first round. They scored 89 and 91 points in those two games. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to just score 91 in a regular
0: season game? Well, yeah, I mean, hell, they averaged 84 this year. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to take that two out of every 10. But no, I the way that Coach Oates has a vendetta against Arizona, apparently, I hope there's some top recruits in Arizona upcoming because uh, apparently he's just going to go ahead and win them. What I take away from your stats as far as his tenure at Buffalo, assistant and head coaching, is he's been a part of great success. He's led great success, and thank God we're skipping the assistant portion here, and we can end this drought that goes back to what 1991. That'll be uh, that'll be great, and I think the bar was set low, albeit maybe not expectations, but I think we did a, a pretty good job all things considered.
1: yeah. It's also worth noting, 2016, Buffalo took three-seed Miami to the wire in the first round. But look, you, you said that he had a vendetta against Arizona. My favorite Nate Oates story from any of those games was after they destroyed Arizona. Arizona was a popular national championship pick if you remember last year. Like I said, just super talented. Buffalo dropped them by 21. and They shattered everyone's bracket. During his post-game presser, <laughs> Nate Oates declared, uh, Buffalo just had better players, they were the better team, and they played harder. God, I love uh, this man. He he said <laughs> he said quote that he had gotten tired of soft Pac-12 teams <laughs> failing to pressure the ball on
0: game film. <laughs> so, it's like I tweeted today, man. From his quote, he's a man of quotes. Can we we, we can just go ahead and establish that. I <laughs> He is the opposite of Les Miles, but both are great in terms of quotes.
1: Yeah, okay. But
0: no, I mean, this dude, not only does he give zero Fs, I mean, he is just unreal with what he's doing. And I look forward to it. I, I think it's going to be amazing, uh, especially with when the ego continues to grow with the uh, success.
1: Yeah, Apparently, <laughs> his old boss, Bobby Hurley, called Nate Oates after his comments <laughs> and told uh-huh. him that it, it really bothered Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott. But Oates <laughs> was... He was pretty unapologetic in a Yahoo Sports article after that, where he said, quote,
0: (laughs) Here we go. Let's get it.
1: (laughs) But you know what? They're worse this year than they were last year. So did I lie? Did I lie? I told the truth. End quote.
0: Okay, so two things. Number one, yeah, it's Pac-12 commissioner. Is not his commissioner. Yeah. So who the hell cares? Yeah. And then number two, it's like I tweeted out on Thursday night, all these quotes from the presser today alone, plus now these tonight recording. I have never before this week experienced a love that I fell into in a 24 hour span until now <laughs> with this guy. Coach Oates is freaking unreal. I am I'm fired the hell up with him.
1: So now think about this. After that article, after he releases that quote, He then goes on the next year to score 91 on Bobby Hurley's Pac-12 team.
0: Oh, (laughs) what retribution.
1: And beats them by 17 in the opening round this year. So basically our coach destroys a Pac-12 team, called the whole conference soft (laughs) in (laughs) in public, made their commissioner mad, got paired against a Pac-12 team again this year, and did it all over again. And that is exactly, exactly what we need in Alabama.
0: You're going to have me over here doing what you did before this past season, putting money on the team. I mean, (laughs) my God. Look, I will never, and I shouldn't have anyways, not that I really did, but I will never begin to even question anything with Greg Burton. If he wants to eat raw chicken, he knows what he's doing. If he wants to hire this guy, he knows what he's doing.
1: The trajectory of his career, the trajectory of his teams, uh, his first year they averaged 76.5 points per game. It's went up periodically to in to 84 the last two years this is a guy that's taking teams and making them better over the course of time in his short period of examples as a head coach so we brought up the trajectory of the points per game his career how he came from a high school coach all the way to the sec in six years even in his record his first two seasons they were a few games over 500 year three they're 27 and nine year four they're 32 and four
0: the hell does 30 wins in a season feel like?
1: <laughs> uh, that, I would love to find out. I will be Brad at the Battle of Atlantis in the Bahamas where our coach Nate Oates will take down North Carolina as he opens his career at Alabama.
0: Yeah I'm still waiting because I got plenty of time so I'm still waiting to see how my uh, bank account is going to be set up you know <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: before that to see if I can go with you because uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that'll be awesome but at some point he's going to win whether it's the beginning middle or end but I'd love to be there in the Bahamas and watch the very first game of his entire era that he's building here. Witness the quotes in person too. I mean, my God, that might be as good as the the damn game on the court. Uh, Um, He's going to be thrown into the
1: fire. Gonzaga, North Carolina, Michigan, um, Iowa state. I can't remember. There's a a couple more off the top of my head, but it is, it is a loaded, loaded lineup.
0: Yes. uh, Two thirds of the lineup made the NCAA tournament this year. Wonderful. (laughs) So,
1: so he's going um, to know where where his team stands right right off the bat.
0: Yeah, it's going to be incredible, and I'm really interested not only with his staff over the next week, but I want to see who's going to be in the Bahamas next year that was on the team this year. So hopefully, there's Kyra some talk Lewis. out there. Uh, look, by the way, going to Kyra, how at eight thirty in the morning to on Thursday are we hearing he's already been seen by this school, this school, this school, this school, this school and this school? Hey. It's like. What in the – it's like a, I guess he went to a and b and they were there too. And, you know, they just got up. They had coffee. And then by 5 o'clock on Thursday, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Dukes reach out now too, yada, yada. So Kyra apparently is like the Jalen Hurts uh, from last year in football. Kyra's that this year in basketball. He is the hottest transfer prospect apparently on the market.
1: Hey, I'll be honest. If I knew that my point guard was out of the door after next season, I would have been on the first flight to Birmingham, and on the first car to Tuscaloosa to meet with Kyra Lewis because that is going to be very possibly the biggest transfer name in the country
0: this season. I think it could possibly be the biggest, quote, recruit uh, Nate Oates can get in his first year. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no doubt. All right, well, we encourage everyone to support Nate Oates. Get behind this basketball program. Greg Byrne has a vision. Nate Oates has a vision. We like where this program is going, where everything is headed. This has been the Roll Bama Roll Podcast. Roll Todd.